it is very young and it's even harder to try operating in a young industry in an emerging market. So it's like playing almost with two different obstacles at the same time. Hey guys, welcome back to the show. This is your host, Robin Copernicus. And on today's episode, we have the founder, Vincent Chaglassian, who is the founder of XP. And XP has been running about two months, already has 550 creators on their platform. We're going to give Vincent a chance to talk about what XP is and some of his challenges and successes in this startup game. Vincent, welcome to the show. So excited to have you here. Thanks. Thanks so much, Robin, for having me. Um, actually, update. Now we've been live for three months and we have over 700 creators so this past month has definitely been um, an exciting month as well for us but yeah i guess just as a quick intro to myself my name's vincent and i lots of the building i do goes is around the creator economy and how it all started was i was working in a, a data analytics firm and then as covid hit one of my friends was starting to build out his own kind of youtube channel and i had the business acumen behind running online brands just from pure interest and he had a creative understanding he was an ex-buzzfeed producer himself so we decided to kind of join uh, forces and just try out building a youtube channel instagram tiktok together and in less than a year we were able to build it up to 300,000 youtube subscribers as well as um, on instagram and tiktok over i think 150 and 200,000 followers and during this time we started receiving many dms from creators in india who were just asking us who were just far larger than us in followings and they were asking us how do you monetize beyond youtube adsense many of these questions that based out of the us you see you think are very logical or you know very easy just because the whole creator infrastructure is based around the us creators so then I started to run and undertake focus groups and interviews with creators in India. And that's when I found that the space was just heavily underserved. And that's when we came up with um, XP, which is simply put a one-stop homepage builder for Indian creators, where they can do everything that bio links, content sharing, engagement tools, and monetization platforms allow you, but from a simple homepage that is almost like an automated blank canvas that a creator can just press on a couple of buttons and essentially have everything that they want uh, their followers or audience to see and engage with. Vincent, there's so many questions that I have to ask based on a, a yeah. lot of things that you mentioned because there's so many right. things that's, that's going on right now. So the first thing, you have a friend that started a YouTube channel and he was able to grow this YouTube channel to 300,000 followers in less than one year. That's correct. He was, an, he was a BuzzFeed producer before and then once COVID hit, he had this show he was working on and it got cut. So he pretty much had this free time and he had a YouTube channel at the time with about... 20 to 30,000 subscribers and then he asked me if I wanted to join him on this journey and grow and build out this brand together and that's when I joined in was when he had about 20 to 30,000 subscribers and I helped with everything from you know ideation editing the business side of things brand deals merchandise all of that and yeah and then together in less than a year we took advantage of quarantine and we just sat down and built out the channel from 30,000 to 300,000 that is incredible. Tell me a little bit more about this channel. Who is it serving and, and how much, yes. what kind of content are you putting on? So the channel itself is called um, Eric Tabak. So it is the BuzzFeed kind of producer because he created his own personality on BuzzFeed. But 
he really wasn't able to make a personal brand out of himself at the time so he had a little bit of a following that moved with him but not much um, and the kind of content we put out was just very much I would just just put it very kind of broad entertainment so it'd be a variety of content where we'd either pull off some stunts I think like one of the most exciting pieces of content that I was involved with and that we pulled was during quarantine of course movie theaters weren't showing any movies so the box office rankings had very very random movies on there so we found that okay this is a perfect chance to get an amateur film to be the number one box office movie in America so we looked into the logistics of that and then Eric brought on another partner who with whom they filmed an amateur film over Zoom in a week or even less and then pulled off the stunt where for a day that amateur movie was uh, the number one box office movie in America and then funny enough they were able to then get it to be considered for the Oscars as well so it was officially in consideration for it but they you know fell a little short but yeah I think that was just like a good overview of the kinds of videos we would create on the channel. That's an awesome way to use the Oscar brand as well because yeah. you could just say under consideration. Exactly <laughs> but, but it was officially though we sent in the email and everything so it was already official and they confirmed that it was under consideration. It still works out. <laughs> Yeah, no, no, definitely. Yeah. That's just, it's probably 90% of just winning the Oscar itself. Right, consideration. <laughs> that's, that's good enough clout. Who, who is the target audience for this YouTube channel? Um, yeah, so initially our, uh, really what we thought and what initially it was just a, a standard American YouTube audience that used to watch BuzzFeed videos and then they would come to watch Eric's channel through that. But then eventually it became far more international for a few reasons. So a lot of the content that then we started to produce evolved around also Eric's Russian background. So we started to get far more of Russian viewers and Russian audience, um, in particular Russian-American audience as well, became a very uh, consistent in ours. And then after that, it just became just an explosion of different cultures and nationalities because we did this series where Eric would DM the most uh, famous celebrity in every single country in the world and see who would respond. He would learn a bit about the country, about the celebrity, what they do, and then he would get some of those celebrities responding to him. And because of that, all of these different, you know, all of this audience from these different countries that are somewhat overlooked in kind of the YouTube game, so to speak, we're just very excited to hear someone, you know, an American creator talking about their celebrity, their country, their nation, looking at the few photos and videos from that. So it became a mix of everything. But I'd really say that its core, it stayed kind of this Russian-American audience. Okay. But this is really strange to me because usually for YouTube, if you're not niched down, it's yes. really difficult to start getting traction. So what is the common thread that aligns every single person that's subscribed to the channel? And that's, I think, the crazy thing about the channel that we built out. We really focused on making people subscribe just purely based on Eric's personality. So we said we've seen that all of these different creators are creating content that caters towards a specific target demographic or let's say target interest. But with Eric, we just knew that because of his kind of multicultural background and everything he's done, we could potentially pull off just make it making it very personality based. So the kind of content we create would be 
very kind of wide ranging, but people would watch it. And again, it also did come initially with a couple of times where we'd have certain videos getting one tenth of the viewership. But I think when you're growing on YouTube, you really, I think the beauty of it is that you can just test it out every week, right? One week you underperform, you go, okay, so what? Next Monday I'm uploading another video, so that will cancel it out. So I'd really say it's just because of this kind of personality focus that we did with Eric that kind of a variety of audiences were just very intrigued and interested to watch his videos. Okay, so then you started getting this traction from this Indian creator community and you decided to start helping them with your SaaS too. So how did that come Right, about? right. So about in January of 2020, a bit even earlier before I started working with Eric, I was just very fascinated by the Indian creator space as well in general, just because whenever, you know, that's when you know, the term creator economy really became this big buzzword and everyone's thinking it's just such a sexy terminal, but everyone was always so focused on American creators because that was really what the U.S. creator economy really encapsulated at the time. But then I was curious to see, okay, what's happening in the creator space outside of the U.S.? Because creators aren't, it's, okay, you have Hollywood, but then you also have Bollywood. So is there like a Bollywood of social media somewhere else, right, in India? So I started to look um, into India and just play around with just different creator products just to get a sense of what Indian creators are missing there. So we started off with this kind of cameo for India alternative and then this kind of micro-mentoring marketplace. But these were really more to understand really, okay, so is there really a need for creators here? Is there a large enough market? And then when I started to work with Eric, we started to receive just numerous DMs from both up-and-coming as well as established creators in India who just asked us questions that kind of even when we had less than you know, 50,000 subscribers on YouTube we knew okay if you want to diversify your revenue streams you can provide personalized content premium content DTC brands all of these different things that for American-based creators is very I think straightforward just because the infrastructure for creators is so well built here but then that's when I started to do more of a deep dive, speak with kind of startup founders in the creator space in India, uh, creators through focus groups and interviews. And that's when I found that the space really lacks kind of all-encompassing but yet simple tools for creators to take that first step beyond being reliant on standard YouTube AdSense, for instance, or very sketchy brand deals where they might just be getting like a product. And yeah, and I think that was what was fascinating was that the Indian creator space has pretty much the same or even a larger viewership that, than creators have in the US. But in terms of the evolution of content and just the business side of things, the Indian creator space is where the US creator space was back in like 2013 to 15. So there's just this huge gap that is in need to, someone needs to help the Indian creators catch up to the U.S. creators just because there is that potential, but there's still a long way to go for that. Okay, so playing devil's advocate yes. here a little bit, you have several different platforms mm -hmm. like TikTok will allow you to monetize Clubhouse and Indian creator can come on Clubhouse and start monetizing the content there. What is keeping Indian creators from getting their content monetized using the existing infrastructure that's out there that might be pointed towards a U.S. demographic, but it still works? So what, what is keeping Indian creators from using those outlets? 
again, so I think the way we position ourselves were very much complementary to the main content distribution platforms. So firstly, right now, TikTok is banned in India as well, but we're thinking that in a couple of months, hopefully it will come back. But anyway, so let's even assume, right, you, know, you have Instagram, right, you could do an affiliate Instagram links or such, but the whole issue that we're solving is we're becoming the premium about me section for Indian creators. So a major thing is that Indian creators, they might have different platforms, right? You have Twitter, Instagram, YouTube, and it's very hard to move your audience around from one to the other. And at the same time, still be able to monetize in a variety of ways, especially since when you look at an Instagram or a Twitter, you only have a single link in your bio that you can input something. So because of that, it's very much not optimized for this kind of diverse follower base. Someone might want to watch your YouTube video while someone else might want to you know, check out your Twitter from your Instagram. So how do you make something that almost acts like an air traffic control for your audience? And that's what we've created with XViewer with this one link. You click on it. Firstly, you're able to share all your kind of main socials and content directly on it. But then in addition to that, you can also, we've added a social commerce layer where you're able to provide any different creator-focused monetization features directly on it, whether it's a video message, live video session, selling digital goods, a subscription service, all of these different things. And what makes it just easier is that it's all in one place and there is there are no distractions as well of the way that I think of it is and the way that many creators think of it is that they're not going onto a new platform but rather we're coming to the creators so it also solves this issue of platform fatigue where there are just too many platforms now where creators could monetize in a single way but then it's up to the creators to move their audience around everywhere so how do you bring everything together defragment their online profiles and bring it all into one place where it's just far easier for a creator to truly build a more kind of united brand rather than something that's just scattered uh, along all these different social platforms. And of course, hyper-localization has been key for us. So I think that's the, the main key that I see as well, hyper-localization, because what you've described, actually, there's several different mm -hmm. companies that yes. provide the same thing, right? There's TapLink, there's all these different link and bio kind of platforms that are already out there. But if you look at Uber, for example, Uber, they started in the U.S., and then they started scaling across the world, and they were... You know, pretty much anywhere you go in the world right now, you can probably download the Uber app. However, there are certain pockets of the world where Uber just doesn't work. So Colombia, for example, where I am right now, I'm in Medellin, Colombia, and Uber itself does exist here, but Uber Eats, they actually went out of business in Colombia. So even though Uber Eats is a huge giant and this service is available, they went out of business because there is a provider named Rappi that is hyper-localized for the Colombian market, for the Spanish-speaking market. And because they're able to do things that doesn't fit Uber Eats' business model, exactly. they're winning out. So a couple of these for, things, for example, is many Colombians, they don't have access to PayPal or, or a credit card, some of these normal ways that other people might use Uber Eats. So Rappi, what they do is they have relationships with, for example, Rappi is also in Mexico. Mm -hmm. They have relationships with OXO, which is oh, kind of like the 7-Eleven okay. of Mexico. Mm -hmm where OXO 
pretty much acts as a bank for many people that are living in Mexico. And this would actually hurt Uber because Uber, you can't right. scale by mass customization. Yeah. But Rappi is able to compete mm -hmm. with one of these giants and become a giant themselves because of this hyperlocalization. So I think that's like a very key thing, even though you might be creating a product that's already in existence. At the end of the day, all products are commodities, right? Because it's really yeah. easy, copyable, etc. But once you add this service component where you are focused, hyper-focused on delivering value to mm -hmm. these Indian creators, this is where you're creating this new level of service, yes. new level of value. So my, actual, my, my next question to you is, when you're approaching these Indian creators, most people, they want to go for the American market or for some of these OECD mm -hmm. countries. I don't know if India is an OECD country yet or not. <laughs> Apologies if it is, but India is definitely an emerging right. market. And emerging markets, they typically don't have the type of finances that you could expect in some of these legacy markets. So in terms of focusing on the Indian market, how are you monetizing and what are some challenges that you foresee? So right now, since we were just, this is just now our, well now soon to be fourth month, we're still now, we've been about operating about for three months now live. We've just had a 10% take rate on any transactions that happen on XP, but we've also been having or running rather a closed beta of a freemium subscription. We'll also be implementing very soon, which actually was by the request of the creators who want to have a subscription where they pay and based off of it, the take rate goes down as well. But I would really say that, of course, I think the big thing that, especially when it comes to speaking about India, is that it's a very kind of price-sensitive market. You have this huge market, but it's very price-sensitive. So I think initially it was about understanding, and I think a challenge that we kind of faced, I think especially with our first two iterations of the product which was a cameo alternative as well as the micro mentoring marketplace was that fans right or followers rather they could be somewhat price sensitive just because as i mentioned before the creator space in india is where the u.s creator space was back in 2013 or 15 what this means is that lots of the followers are still skeptical of paying or supporting their favorite creators just because then they feel like oh you're just taking money from me and the big thing about social media creators is that they develop this more personal connection with people that follow them whether it's through vlogs or whatever content it is many of their followers feel like the creators are their friends pretty much so that's an issue we faced initially but then that's when we started to look at it almost the other way okay if it's difficult to do so for us kind of looking from the follower perspective what if we look at it from the creator perspective because these creators they're now slowly turning more and more business savvy and they need to figure out ways how they can make this into a sustainable living and if we provide them a somewhat of an automated business partner in XP, then would they be willing to pay for such a service? So we initially ran kind of some tests on this and we found the sweet spot and we found that yes, there actually is very much a market right there. And that, that's really, I think, a challenge we faced at first was understanding how, how to really navigate across the creator space in India because it is very young and it's even harder to try operating in a young industry in an emerging market. So it's like 
playing almost with have two different obstacles at the same time. So yeah, I'd say that was kind of our biggest challenge to figure out from the monetization component, which we're still figuring it out. But now we're getting closer to having something far more consistent coming in. Okay, are creators making sales on your platform already? It's, yes. I, I know it's only only been three months, but it, it sounds like you have a take rate and mm-hmm. have some conversions. So yeah, tell me a little bit more about that. Yeah, yeah. So we again, even going from back to the kind of hyper localization component, we made a very kind of small play initially. Of I'm sure you might might have heard of Buy Me a Coffee, perchance. The kind of it's basically like a plugin where. Uh, follower can buy a creator a four dollar coffee it's just a donation but they just make it seem like oh you're buying them a coffee so we made a little play on that called buy me a chai and the creators and their followers absolutely loved that kind of you know even though it was small that was like our first kind of eureka moment with oh wait but if you really start to hyper localize beyond this like this i wouldn't call what we're really focused on from the localization perspective but these small things started to really intrigue both followers and creators that's been a big hit of ours is many followers just buying their favorite creators chives and as well as that digital goods have been doing very well so creators have been selling different ebooks or they've also been having different videos of theirs behind a paywall so those three things have been really big for us and actually this week we're fully launching our live video session tool as well where now followers will be able to book paid video sessions with their favorite creators and i know many of the creators were very excited for this but yeah we start to already get lots of different uh, transactions happening just off of those three the monetizable features Sweet. It looks like you are off to a really good step. Already starting. Fingers crossed. <laughs> only three, yeah, only three months live. Seven hundred plus people on the platform, and who knows? By the time this episode gets out, it'll probably be double or triple that. Yeah. So, really excited to follow your journey, Vincent. For people that want to learn more about you, want to learn more about XP, where can they find you? So, I'd say I've actually became really addicted recently on Twitter. My DMs are always open on Twitter, and I'm always tweeting a lot about XP's journey. So my handle is Vince Chag C H A G, and also on LinkedIn, Vincent Chaglasian. And about XP, there exactly um as well on Twitter, just XP Bio or just www.xp.bio. Okay. Earlier, you you mentioned that I was pronouncing your name correctly, yes. but you pronounced it really differently from the way that I pronounced well, it because your emphasis. I think I was putting emphasis on Chaglasian, and you said Chaglasian. But the issue there is that I come from a multicultural background, so the issue with me is that the way I'm saying it is like a mix of saying it in like an Armenian and English way. So like most kind of people in the U.S. or in the U.K. say Chaglasian, which is completely normal in that. But then like Armenian, it's it's um, Chaglasian. So it's that's why for me sometimes I catch myself saying it like as a mix of two things. But the way you were saying it was perfect, and I was actually surprised. Many people like get it way off, and I was yeah, exactly it. Awesome. <laughs> One last question for you, Vincent. How did you come up with the name XP? XP, very simply put, experience. So that was something I was looking into. Is like how do creators provide different experiences for their followers? And then I just started playing around with experience a little bit, and then thought of XP, which sounded quite playful, short, and 
yeah, I think that really is what XP provides. It provides a creator multiple ways of providing different experiences that they think their followers would like. Thank you so much, Vincent. I will definitely be following your journey. And everyone, this is Robin Copernicus with Vincent Chaglassian. We will see you on the next episode. Hey guys, this is Robert Copernicus wanting to talk about a few special things I have going on right now. One of the most difficult problems founders hope to solve is to get traction for their startup. VCs won't even look at pitch decks anymore without this crucial element. But why is getting traction so hard? Getting your first 100 customers should not be difficult. If you want 100 signups for your startup in 30 days or less before you even launch your MVP, check out my book, Minimal Viable Mockup at minimalviablemockup.com or at mvmbook.com. And if you want a hands-on bootcamp to help you get to 100 customers and build out a high converting sales funnel, learn more about the three-hour Minimal Viable Mockup bootcamp at mvmbootcamp.com. And finally, if you are a serial founder with a successful business generating six or seven figures in revenue and scared you can lose it all at any moment book a call with me and my team at launchwithrobin.com to learn how you can launch your next startup with our operating system that helps you build an empire so you never have to worry about pivoting again again those links are mvmbook.com mvmbootcamp.com and launchwithrobin.com